my god, it's six nothing. Are we recording? Yeah, I just it's started. six nothing. <laughs> this is just an absolute shit kicking. Oh my goodness. Welcome everyone. Another episode of the Rink Rat Report podcast where we talk about uh, real playoff teams from now until the Stanley Cup is hang- handed out. Uh, joined again, Josh and Jason. How's it going, guys? Alex Kalorn. Alex Kalorn. You've pumped his tires before. Won't be the first, won't be the last. Um, we're going to get into a few things that are going around on around the league. I mean, you know, there's always something chatter going on and such. Um, but And then we'll get into the playoff series that are going on right now. Currently, as we are speaking, two minutes left in the second, 6 nothing Tampa. We thought we were going to have to wait till the end of this game, but nah, what's the point, right? Uh, so let's get into it. You guys want to start off little twidiots? I'm down for that. Yes. I like it. Yes. There's a lot, I feel like, this week. Well, it was almost 7 nothing there. Oh <laughs> it feels like, also, we don't even have to dig that hard for these this segment. It's like usually somebody, like, it's just right on no, the timeline. Damien yeah. Cox, like, shout out to him. He really gave us some stuff to talk about. He wanted about to be on week. it. He heard, okay, like, okay, Adrian Dater was on it. Like, now I'm in. Like, that's that's the same type of guy, type of reporter. Like, I'm in. You know, he was uh, quantity over quality for Damien. He oh, just yeah. said, F-. sorry. Gotta, oh. gotta, gotta bleep that. All right. Let's get into the first one. Um, I actually don't even have it off on hand because I'm an idiot. But Is it the Spezza one? Yeah. I had it on. I actually haven't seen this one, so I'm curious what he said. Okay, ready? If Jason Spezza gets everyone excited, well, that's fine. But he doesn't represent progress, nor is he what the Leafs need as a third or fourth line setter. But it's certainly a popular move, so I guess that's how the Leafs work now. What? That's I just, don't know. By that's, the way, this is if anyone missed it, Spezza signed back with the Leafs minimum contract. Best guy, like first of all, seven fifty plays fourth line, put up thirty points. That's not bad. I don't I know mean, what fifty five points over the last two seasons. He was, I think, he was third, top, third in goals per in points per sixty this yeah, year. Like you're getting a great value, cheap player who brings all that leadership and grit that Damian Cox used to talk about back when he was on the Sportsnet panel. Um, Good riddance, but. It's just weird. Like that's like such a, a no controversy signing. Like you sign a guy first of all, minimum contract. I don't think I actually don't think Leaf fans understand that. A lot of them they like talking about how we like to overspend and give all this money up. But like when they sign a a player who's like relatively like low risk because of his cap number. Like even Thornton last year, you don't like him. Fine, he was seven hundred fifty k. Like it was whatever. There's no risk to this. If he falls off, okay, he just doesn't play. Yeah. And guess what? Everyone seems to like him in the room. The fans love him. But Mr. Damian Cox just, uh, I guess, yep. doesn't represent progress. I don't know. So I looked up uh, Spezza, Damian Cox, and I got a tweet from 2019, November 15th. Spe- Jason Spezza played 1231 tonight, minus two, one missed wide open net. Folks, he can't play in the league anymore, but do this. <laughs> ah, there it is. Ah, there, there it is. is. It's never that hard to and find. And also on top of that, uh, Damian Cox is writing a book about the all Canadian division. Buddy, I'll buy that so I can wipe my ass. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, goodness. Oh god! So you had a live reaction to that, Jason? Yeah, that was that was awful. That was probably like could have been one of the dumbest takes. Like that's just reaching at that point. I think. I think you're just like kind of. I don't know if you're doing it on purpose or if. Uh, yeah, I really don't know why you would say that. It's a good signing. It's a. It's like it's objectively it's the league a minimum. Good, yeah, like, and you're getting up an NHL player that can play every day in your lineup for the league minimum and produce points. Like it's. All right, let's get into part two, Damian Cox. This game's getting a little heated. Watch out. I mean, it's 6 nothing, almost 7. But next up, June 20th, Damian Cox. That Austin Matthews led led the NHL in goal scoring, and Connor McDavid led the league in scoring, and neither won the Lady Bing is an embarrassment to Professional Hockey Writers Association, which does the voting. It also shows why this award has become it has becoming a total joke. And then we we got more. Jacob Slavin is a really good player, but my goodness, he had 15 points. We're not talking. We're not talking. Nicholas spelled Nicholas wrong. Lidstrom here. 
that players like uh, Matthews and McDavid endure such abuse after night after abuse night after night and still almost never take penalties is remarkable. This Lady Bing results show uh, results shows NHL needs to revamp its voting process to remain credible. McDavid was 20th in Lady Bing voting. He lapped the NHL in scoring and only has 20 penalty minutes. This is a complete joke. I have like seven things to respond to. (laughs) The first one is, so here's the definition of the Lady Bing. He seems to think it's like the best player who's also sportsmanlike. The definition is, the Lady Bing trophy is presented each year to the National Hockey League's player adjudged to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability. So actually, Damien, the number one thing that people are looking at is sportsmanship. Not because Connor McDavid had a million points. We have another trophy for those things. Connor McDavid also almost got suspended for elbowing. Uh, yeah, and he had, I believe he had, yummy in the I just head. looked, he had 20 penalty minutes this year. It's not a crazy amount, but on a full season, it's like, like what? Slavin third? had two. Exactly. It's and like it was a puck over glass. Minutes. It was a puck. <laughs> yeah, so he he doesn't deserve it. The other thing I want to say is he had, a, you know, that, that Twitter pick that's like the stupidest person, you know, just made a great point. Yeah. He's right about the awards voting. He just picked the absolutely <laughs> wrong example by a mile. There's a million better examples you could have used. GM of the year is one of them. Maybe we'll talk about the quote unquote all-star voting where you players put or these writers put players at the wrong position. Like nobody cares about that. They just do it every year. Ovechkin was first team left wing one year and second team right wing. Like, okay, whatever, fine. I think Crosby made it like on two teams or whatever one year it made no sense i think last year somebody voted a forward as a defenseman on the all-rookie team like it's just an absolute disaster like and you're going to be complaining about the lady bing like it's a nice award that they give to some of the players don't even like getting it sometimes by the way because alex mcgillney McGillney refused to accept it because he thought it was like a (laughs) soft yeah exactly so it's just kind of a weird hill to die on like and also again like he had no penalty slave other than the puck over guys that's a incredible it's considering been, he's a defenseman who plays defenseman. exactly so minutes yeah it's, i and, think a funny yeah. one was uh sarah Sivian was like someone brought up like oh austin matthews why would he get nominated he showed his pichelino to a police officer <laughs> oh. or whatever but it was like okay like that's not what happened i don't know why you're still bringing this up a sarah Sivian went yeah, it took into effect in my voting, and someone w- went to her and said, uh, you voted him third last year, but nice <laughs> try. Tough. It's a tough scene. That's a tough, tough scene. But we got more. Like, it's, it, there aren't many teams playing. Like, there, aren't, there aren't many teams left in the playoffs, but I, I'm sorry. This content just writes itself. Let's go to great. Joey Vendetta. <laughs> what a name. But he said, if Leafs forever don't run Matt Martin out of town, Nazem Kadri never feels he has to be the policeman, doesn't get suspended, and Maple Leafs get past Bruins. It's that simple. Matt Martin is an incredible weapon when used properly. Just ask New York Islanders fans. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Jason. What? No, it's just the most galaxy, like, galaxy brain thing on earth. Like, I, I have, like, my favorite picture is a picture of Bobby Hill sitting in his room, and he just has a big, massive brain. And oh, I think that's yeah. literally that, that tweet right there. How does the... Matt Martin leaving have any effect on Nazem? I'm pretty sure Nazem Kadri took suspensions while Matt Martin was on the team. He did. So I don't know why that has anything to do with Matt Martin. And I assume that was after Matt Martin scored, I think, the, a game time. Nazem Kadri wasn't even policing in 2019. Yeah, he got into it with Jake DeBrusque and then just cross-checked him in the face. Yeah. I just have a clerical question just in terms of like transparency here. Because I'm I, maybe I have a bad memory, but... The first time Kadri got suspended for the series against Boston, wasn't Matt Martin on that team? Yes, he was. He was. Yeah. Okay. So just, I'm just eight. Hey, I know some people on Twitter don't like doing that, but I like you know trying to be accurate before I say something. So oh, okay, that's good to know. So I guess he just decided to not do the policing at that time. When <laughs> I I don't, I don't know. I'm I don't trying know. to help him out. What happened when Nazem Kadri got suspended this year? Yeah. <laughs> well, Colorado had no policemen. What do you mean? That's the problem. If Colorado had Mar- Martin, if Colorado they'd, had they Matt Martin, the they'd make they'd win yeah, the cup. They win the cup. I'll tell you what. Down five nothing. Matt Martin got into a little fight with Luke Shen. Then it was six nothing. So I mean, <laughs> hey, you never there know. There was one game they put Matt Martin. The the what do they call that stupid line? The perf- the, 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 the character line, character line, or, or, or whatever. Like en- Anyways, energy, they, I don't know. They they gave him. Uh, they put them all nah. out there with like three minutes left, and just as expected, nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> like 
Like, I don't know. They're, they're decent players, but, like, my only issue with them is that their cap hit is insane. And, like, that tweet is just rit- ridiculous. So, like, enough, like, I'm not even talking – we're not even talking about the players here. That is just a ridiculous tweet. And I think it was after Matt Martin scored a goal. I think that was, like, what, the only goal he scored? Or, it was uh, a nice well, one. Yeah, good for him. Like, Honestly, scored, I don't yeah. think he's that bad. Like, if he was on the Leafs on a Spezza deal, I wouldn't complain. Like, on the fourth line, you can bury him, whatever. I, I don't know. He just he needs a little speed around. Him. Like he's not, he's not, he's, I'm sorry. He's really not changing games that much. Like, no, no. sorry to break it to you. He's like the lowest minutes per game forward on the Islanders. So if you want to even use that as an example, like, I mean, let's be honest here. So, but Hey, I mean, I'm happy for him. He seems like a really nice guy. The uh, he is he, Matt Martin. A great guy, the young yeah, guy, good character Mitch guy. and Austin loved, loved him. him yeah. Like he's, he's, he seems like a pretty cool guy. I got no issue with him. It's just, <laughs> Again, the romanticism over these types of players, I will just never understand. I really won't. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I wonder if it's just people are too tired to talk about the stars. They have to find they, they think they're they're like hipsters talking about like the the the, the Cause it's sp- like it's the, almost yeah. like too obvious of a point. So yeah. but then you need to go searching for stuff, but then when you go searching, like the big picture is right in front of your face. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um another great one that came out. I just saw this one recently. Um, Matt O'Leary, Matt O'Leary NY on Twitter said, PSA, don't say we when talking about your favorite team. You don't play for the team. And yeah, then, sure. but it always comes with receipts because June 15th oh, no. at 11.48 p.m., Matt O'Leary tweeted, we knew it, was going, it wasn't going to be easy. Kali is going to be chaos on Thursday and Saturday. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Hashtag Isles. Time out. When you say June, did you say June 15th? Yes. Do you mean like within the last seven days he tweeted yes. that? <laughs> oh, my God. That's I thought bad. you meant like a couple years ago. <laughs> oh, God. That's tough. That is, that is tough. Oh, yeah, my God. Ratioed on that We didn't even get a, like we recorded our last podcast before that even happened. Like he didn't even give us a week. That's crazy. Wow, love it. Those are our, those are my favorites. Yep, exactly. I mean, we're the fans. We pay their salaries, right? <laughs> That's true. I believe yeah, we're it's, above. It's, it's so so frustrating to hear people be excited about their team and like feel an emotional connection to them and accidentally use the word "we." Oh wow, what a what a terrible thing to do! Like, come on, what are we sh- talking about? Shut up! You're yeah. not above anyone for these stupid exactly. takes that you separate yourself from your favorite team when clearly you actually don't. Uh, the last one that I've got is Brian Boucher saying, I'm tired of people crying about officiating. Deal with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, right, the best solution when something's going terribly wrong is just deal with it. <laughs> just deal with it. Just deal with I it. I do like that he seems to be the only one that has that take le- still. Like everyone on Twitter I see is now like, yeah. this is getting ridiculous. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's We've jumped the shark, I feel like, with hockey refereeing now. We've officially jumped the shark, I think. It's ter- it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's been very... I don't know if it's playoffs, it's under the microscope more, but it's, it's been just so inconsistent. But... Um, I, I think also, like, I think more eyes are getting on it because we have a Canadian team in the Final Four, and people are like, have, like I don't know if may- maybe that's why, but I don't know. That's what I, I was thinking. Like, having the Habs in the Final Four makes, like, puts more eyeballs on the TV, more, more Canadians are seeing it. I don't know, a lot of people I follow on Twitter are Canadian. That could yeah, that's be possible. Because I feel like it's been bad for years now. Yeah, there's definitely a difference in the way that things are called, right? I, I mean, it, it's like that to a degree in every single sport, but I don't know what's going on on this Hockey Night in Canada intermission. We have it on, we have on, <laughs> this is just getting right, weird. Sorry. We have it on mute, and uh, people are putting on helmets and such. I guess that's uh, there's not a lot to talk about in a in a uh, six nothing game. Six nothing no, but yeah, game. I mean, we know the refereeing is way different in the season and the playoffs. It's like that to a degree in every sport, but also not even if you remember. If anyone watches football, Buccaneers and Packers, there was like a pretty, I would say, kind of soft pass interference call that they mm-hmm. called on Mike Evans, and it gave the Bucks a first down, and they won the game. It's like they called it in the season, and they called it in the playoffs, like even at the most important moment of the year. So, at some point, there has to be a little bit of like. 
consistency between the two seasons because it really yeah. is like two different seasons. Remember the they threw in that rule in football because of the passer and missed passer interference on the Saints. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. And then the fans sued the, well, sued the NFL. Well, the problem was that <laughs> the review was got a little out of hand. But regardless, like it's just I'll, I think people just want a little more consistency. And that mm-hmm. I wouldn't even necessarily say that that's a referee individual fault. Some of them are bad. I not going to name names. We've had a couple stories this year, but also it helps with some consistency from the top, right? The league says, okay, this is how we want things called. Cause every year they have a video that goes out in the summer that says, this is this type of penalty. This is a suspension, stuff like that, which they often refer to when players do get suspended. Right. So it's just, it's a top down thing. If the league was more, you know, vigilant on saying, okay, this is a penalty in the regular season and the playoffs, mm-hmm. it would be better from the ref's perspective. So that's just my opinion on it. Ray Ferraro had a good point on overdrive today on 1050. He was talking about how, like, okay, in baseball, they don't change the strike zone just because it's the playoffs. No, they don't. And also, like, if you're going to put away the whistles, be consistent. Put away the whistles. Mm-hmm. Don't be calling these soft penalties in the last two minutes of a game to, to make it up or whatever. Like, it, it, it's just, it's strange almost. Yeah. The funny thing is, and then people ask, like, why does it seem like there's so many puck over the glass penalties in the playoffs? Because that's the only one they actually have to call. Like, there's no subjectivity <laughs> to that. The puck is over the glass. It's a penalty. That's the reason. The funny thing is, like, there's no subjectivity to, okay, stick hits face, face bleeds, four-minute penalty it seems like there is we're not even calling that one anymore <laughs> like, yeah. they just all missed Barry. it that was tough oh yeah all right i've, I've gone through all of, oh uh, my last uh 20 it's is um kess's house i don't know who put together this show i don't know what it is what it's supposed to be what's going on there but it, like this isn't even 20 this is just idiots, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, know. It's, it just seemed like they had a big marketing budget and they're like, all right, who's got a big house? And Ryan Kessler's like, got I got a big house. <laughs> that's, that's what the, the show's that's about. The Ryan Kessler show. has a nice, show, nice house. If Ryan Kessler has a nice house. We'll use our budget to bring in whatever random mishmash of celebrities we can that make no sense together. But and then they'll do stuff at his house. <laughs> that's pretty much the show. Like, it's not even like interview style. It's not like a podcast or like it's just they're just doing stuff at his house. <laughs> Uh, the worst, the most cringy one was when he tried to call out JJ Watt. I don't know what that. Oh, you're trying to promote the show, whatever. But it was just so awkward. Like JJ Watt, you don't know shit about hockey. I'm calling you out. Did JJ Watt say he was like a hockey expert? Also, like, does JJ Watt Watt watch? Kess's house. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sure someone sends the clip. Well, he, like, he he's not one to shy away from attention. Oh, no, that's so for sure. That's for sure. Called out the right guy, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but that was just kind of weird. I mean, it, like we all see the connection. It's very, very obvious. J.J. Watt, Wisconsin guy, wearing Cole Caulfield jersey, Wisconsin guy. Absolutely. I am I. Is he all of a sudden? Oh, no, I'm I'm the new Don Cherry here. What I say goes, like no. Yeah. But you know what the funny JJ thing Wade is? also played hockey, played yeah. AAA. The other thing is, I don't think people realize that those two guys went to the same school, unless you actually look it up. Like that's not common knowledge. They never talk about it. Like True. for some reason, this is a like, quick conspiracy. They tend to talk a lot less about college hockey on the Canadian broadcast than they do on the American broadcast. Mm-hmm. Which I think there's a little bit of an underlying reason to that, which I'm not going to necessarily like get into but i mean there's been a ton of good players come from college hockey drafted u.s development program has been like way on the rise just a couple things to point out take a look where these guys are from you may be surprised interesting yeah interesting i think we got through all the idiots oh yeah today only took us what 20 minutes yeah Yeah, i think it's fun to laugh about these it is it is i think people like it anywho let's get into it let's do um We're gonna start Montreal Vegas, even though we could talk about the Islanders Tampa. I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen in this third period here, but we'll get to that later. Montreal Vegas. I uh, can't find my notes for Game Three. I don't know why, but what are your thoughts so far on this series? Honestly, I I want to give a little hat tip to Montreal. Also, even the Islanders. They both of these teams have played a lot better than I thought. Like. <laughs> It's been pretty even, and this it's two two, and it's also like the on ice has been pretty even as well. I think, I think Montreal is, I don't know how they do it, but they do it. Like they've been able to get a lot of chances on net. Um, the, again, the problem is like they're just they're just missing that top end skill yeah. still, which is like 
it's tough because oh, they Josh they've made, Anderson. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Of course, everyone chirps Josh Anderson, which is fair because he had one goal, and then he gets the biggest gift goal we've seen in a long time. And if anybody knows the history of Mark Andre Fleury, you had World Junior flashbacks of him shooting the puck off his defenseman's back. Like this is. Well, and he got set up pretty nice on his overtime goal too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. That was a great play, by the way. Was that Byron? No, he made a nice play yeah, to stop tip, it, yeah. and then was, Byron got it. Byron back makes to him. some great plays, yeah. by the way. This guy. I, I don't know what. It's yeah. Just he's making so much money. It's yeah. like. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just saying he makes like randomly great plays. Little fast, small yeah. thing. That was a high stick. No, no, it wasn't. It no, wasn't. Mm. They're obviously going to review. No, honestly, it was a really nice play by him to even stay on side there yeah. because I thought it was offside by a mile. Yeah, so did I. So that that game, like uh, th- all the games have been good, honestly. Outside of game one, where Vegas kind of just stole the momentum in the second period, it's been yeah. pretty tight. Especially game four. That I thought Montreal deserved to win that game. It hasn't been entertaining though. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, these two teams, the way they play, like we've talked about it a lot, it does not necessarily lend itself the most entertaining hockey again i think vegas is still adjusting a bit to the chandler stevenson injury mm-hmm. yeah. not that alex tuck hasn't played well in an elevated role which he has it, it just hasn't it's not the same when, you, when you're on the third line it's it's easier to stand out versus when you're playing on the first line right but vegas has found a way i really didn't think they were the better team on uh on sunday night oh, game were. four i thought montreal totally deserved to win that game little the the a limit or the Game time goal is a bit of a squeaker on price. You can't blame him for that. He's been marvelous this whole playoffs. But yeah. And then the overtime winner by Nick Waugh. That was just a beautiful play where he just waited that extra second for Price to dive and put in the top corner. And now it feels like the momentum's all the way back with Vegas. Game Going back to Vegas for game five, you got to expect they're going to be pretty heavily favored in that game. I think they're minus 200, minus 210. So we'll see what happens. But I just want to give, a, again, me unbiased – Credit to Montreal. They've played, they've grinded, they've played well, really. Yeah, let's get some respect for that Canadian division because it's there's been a oh, lot of slander yeah. thrown around about the Canadian division. We're going like they're going they're going uh, punch for punch with Vegas here, who's like one a top team in the league. Like, like it's not, the Canadian division wasn't that bad, guys. Wasn't that bad. Also, I I think it was uh, Joey posted some things on the Twitter about it, but the way Alex Petrangelo has been playing, especially this series, it's like he's really playing. Almost center, like the position he, regardless of where he lines up, he almost looks like he's playing when center. When you watch the breakouts, shows. the breakouts oh is the big part to watch out for because, like, there was there's been a couple. I think it was on the one of the goals where it's the the defenseman gets the puck to the winger on the boards there. They get it to the middle, and then the the forwards able to come out with it, and then Petrangelo comes out with them. So even though the forward's been pinned on the boards back in the de- in the defensive zone there, they still got three forwards, it seems like, going up ice. And, I mean, Petrangelo's a talented player, and he covers, as I've said b- previously, covers a lot of ground. So they're able to make it work, but he's been offensively terrific in this series. So the one thing I will say, sorry to interrupt you, Jason, but that has also come back to bite them a little bit. If you noticed how many goals Montreal has scored off odd man rushes, Mm-hmm. So the first goal last night that Paul Byron scored was an example. The overtime oh. goal was maybe a little bit of a weird change, but it's because therefore their D goes so deep into the offensive zone. Montreal has done a really good job on capitalizing against that strategy with a lot of quick outlet passes. I'm not going to say it's necessarily a cherry picker, but you see a lot of the opposite side winger getting out of the zone early. And get, like Paul Byron had that breakaway. It was last game. I think that's, yeah, that's, it was. Who was four. it that walked uh, Mark Stone? Which goal was that? Uh, was that game three? Oh, they didn't score on that play, did they? It was game three. I believe they walked Mark Stone. There was yeah, because he was covering he was back, back on Yeah, on he was D, covering right? for Petrangelo, too. Yeah. Which uh, is pretty interesting when you look at it. The first goal they scored that night, I think it was Caulfield on the breakaway, right? Yes. yes. Which, again, he is, like, unreal. He's unreal. Got scratched. First two games. It's crazy <laughs> to think about. Jason, what are your thoughts on this series? Oh, it's been a fun. It's been it's been a good series. It's has stopped that fun. Eh? You didn't want to call yeah, it. Yeah, it's 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 not interesting. It's not. Fun. It's definitely not high high Most flying, fun high shooting. Ben has been Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> there, has, there has been some crazy goals. That's the fun yeah, part. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the other narrative we haven't. I guess we've touched on it a bit. The penalties. How do you guys feel about those? The calls. Not how do we good. feel about it? not good? Not good do at all. Want, it's been bad that? both ways though. Yeah. Like, that's fair. A lot again. A lot of the complaining you see on Twitter is from Habs fans. You probably follow more Habs fans than Knights fans. That's what there's I probably more that. Habs fans on Twitter too. But yeah. like, there's a couple of plays like like obviously the McNabb punch to Suzuki. That was just egregious to not be called. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. That's ridiculous. Like, and, and the most insane part was the ref like signaling to run the clock in the second period when a team oh. 
was on the power yeah, play. I have no idea. Which is insane. So you're you so you see a penalty. He also like pretends to look away. Like he like if you rewatch it, he like does like a little neck snap to like pretend like he doesn't see what just happened in front of him. It was yeah. So the one thing that I wanted to point out, I think it's huge. It's not being talked about enough. They mentioned it briefly on the broadcast last night. The Vegas Golden Knights have three total goals from forwards. Nikola Waugh and Matthias Janmark. The rest wow. have come from Petrangelo, Nick Holden, Alec Martinez, Brain McNabb, and Shea Theodore. Wow, Joey Stats coming in with some like, hot. That's like the fact that Montreal has been able to shut down Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, even though they, they have not had a center. That has impacted them. It's shown. I mean, Keegan Colsar, good depth player, big guy. I would like him in the depth, but to put him first line didn't work. Nicola Waugh, I mean, it capitalized. It finally clicked. Maybe we see more of that next game. Alex Tuck, I mean, didn't quite fit there as well as we would have thought have. I mean, before game three, I was saying they need to put Tuck out there 20 minutes next game because in game two, he was awesome. I don't know if I said this. I can't even remember when game... Everything's just blending. Every episode's been just blended together. No, it was after game two but you said that. I remember. And there was, a, there was plays where... I, I have it written down. I think it was five or four plays from Alex Tuck that were outstanding. In game two, I'm mentioning, he had a play where he got a nice pass over to Keegan Colsar, shot blocked. He got a nice pass over to Matthias Yanmark, missed the puck. Another nice play, a little touch play from the middle there to Matthias Yanmark, skipped over his stick. And then you can see after that he got tired of passing to his line mates, got pissed off, and generated a couple of good chances on his own. But then to be moved up into that role, I guess it's uncomfortable for him, and it it didn't work as well as they would have thought. Like, can't understate. Like, Montreal has been gifted here. I know I'm going on a little tangent here, but they've been gifted here. Tavares out round one. Mark Shifley out round two after game one. And now Vegas is missing. He's not their best center, but their number one center. The, the top line doesn't have a centerman right now. That's three series in a row, as you said. Like, yeah. An interesting thing. So we like to look at, you know, some of these fancy stats. I'm looking at five on five individual expected goals. The two leaders for Vegas are Nicola Waugh and William Carrier. 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 Shout out Quebec. And those are the only two guys who have over one expected goal so far, which is like crazy. Well, yeah. These top yeah. six forwards for them that have been so good in the playoffs for how many years have really been silenced. And, si and some of it has to do with price, but. They're not also not even getting the chances that you'd expect. No. Like I'm gonna uh, Max Pacioretty has one high danger chance in four games. That's He's, shocking to me. I think he hit the post. That was, might have been I think the one he hit chance. The in, inside of the post, but he has not been I haven't really noticed him out there. I mean, Mark Stone hasn't been as effective. Mark as, Stone only has attempted seven shots at five on five. Wow. Through four games. Like I don't know what they're doing, but it's working. But that you know, makes me one, think. Is there an explosion coming from those guys oh, at home? That's what we thought about the, the fact. Least, that, but here's the thing: the fact that it's a two-two series, and like you said, all the goals basically have been from defensemen, defensemen. and two third liners. But what maybe I Montreal can keep it up. But uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. What I find very, very interesting: what has been working offensively for Vegas? Is it are you talking defensemen jumping up like we talked no, about? The, the face-offs. Oh, the face-offs. There plays. has been Absolutely. some great. They set the. Offensive zone, yeah. they get the set play working, the point shot from the defenseman, and it's been going in. Yeah. That's why. That's the only reason they're in this series. And Tampa Bay just scored another. Was that a power play goal? Yeah. Yeah. It looked like a power play goal. They move the puck so well. It makes me so jealous. Manny Malhotra, write this down. Damn it. Sorry, got off topic there. But what were your thoughts on uh, Flurry getting pulled? I, I thought it was the right timing for it. Yeah, you have you have two good goalies. You might as well make use of the other one. Flurry's been great this whole time, and I, I like uh, it's it, it kind of comes with the gig. If you have the, the two two goalies of that caliber, if one bad game, you're out. Like that's how it works. I think the same thing happened. Did it happen to Leonard this year? No, he didn't really play that much this year. But I, I, we we've seen Not it really before really. where a guy yeah for sure comes out and then who knows maybe Leonard doesn't play as well and Flurry goes back in. Right? It's it it's a way to. Generate a little bit of competition back there. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I like it a lot. The I, other I thing think I think right for thing these do. two goals specifically, it's they've been in and out a lot. Like mm -hmm. these guys, yeah, both in their career, have been in and out. So even if I wouldn't be surprised if 
I don't think they're going to go back to Flurry for game six. No. But I wouldn't be surprised if, let's say, there's a game seven or they make the cup final that we see Flurry again. I would not be shocked in the slightest. So with that goaltending decision, I thought, like, if you're going to make one like that, that time was the only time Mm -hmm. to do it. Because then, you know, what happens after that? You lose one or whatever. Like, if you're going to make a decision, it had to be that game. I didn't quite like it. I mean, we've seen bounce backs, big bounce backs from Marc-Andre Fleury. He's kind of been their guy this year. He, he played exceptional against Colorado. He was pretty good even against Minnesota too. Like, it was one that you hate to see, but turned out to be the right move. So, mm-hmm. big credits to Robin Leonard. Big credits to Peter DeBoer. Credit to he, Leonard. Even he shoved for just, it to me on that one. Just steadying the, the storm, even mm-hmm. in the third period of it, there's a couple of really good chances. Yeah. He was just steady, and they needed it. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't imagine. Imagine Montreal wins that game up 3-1. Holy, holy. But this I, is I, I think we said it last week. I don't know if we all, it was a group consensus, but I think the, both these series were going to go longer than yeah. people no, expected. It wasn't, kind of thing. A, wasn't a consensus for me. I said four games Vegas. Oh, really? I, thought I said it was going to be close each game, but I thought that I thought that Vegas was going to oh, okay. take them handedly. I didn't think. I well, think I like, said six and seven for each series. It's just wow. it's just hard to beat teams quickly this deep in the playoffs. Like it really is. That's true. That's true. But if uh, Montreal is going to win game uh, game five, what has to happen? I mean, it's hard to say they have to play any different than they have so far. Like they've played pretty well considering what people expected can we get some more from brendan gallagher though like that's a guy that man he's been so good for them in the past it's just i know he's i know he's battling injury too but man they could use something from him they really could that's That's one guy i want to point out price is going to play well probably like again he's playing with philly to know though brendan gallagher right i know like that's getting the tough minutes oh no i know i know but still you you got to chip in a little bit here and there That's true. And then the other thing would be, uh, this is a very like anecdotal thing, but like don't go up behind early in Vegas because then you're in big you're trouble, done. especially for a team like Montreal. So it should be almost like an all-hands-on-deck start, maybe even more than usual for them So because we know that they like to play ahead. That's been very well-established in this right. playoff run so far. So they like I, I feel like last game, even when they, they controlled that game, they played better than Vegas, but it was like, the scoring chances, it's like, I don't know. I feel like the finishing isn't th- quite there for that team. Uh, on top of that, like, just the generation. I mean, well, the best scoring chance was Perry and Stahl. It was like, all right, it was still stoppable kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not to say, like, they're going to capitalize on these sh- shitty little chances. You do have, I mean, well, Cole Caulfield is their finisher there, but, like, it's one guy, right? So I agree with you 100%. If they don't go up. In, uh, in in Vegas, game five, they got a steep slope to climb. Absolutely. Jason, any thoughts on this? No, yeah, I think I think that's the the formula that we've laid out from the beginning is that Montreal needs to go up, get up a goal and and just ride it out and ride Carey Price until uh, until he can't can't ride him no more. Um, he's he's been great all series, great great all playoffs. He's strung together a he's strung together a good run for them. So it's it's gonna be coming down to them executing and getting that goal first um another thing that i think they need to keep doing is just keep pressing them on on four checking like just keep keep trying to trying to get vague just don't let vegas into your zone so don't don't let them into your zone try and keep them out of your zone and i think you'll be okay uh, easier said than it's done, easier said than done but yeah. uh they have been pressing very very hard four against check. vegas the four like, check was good last game yeah. the one thing that was the one thing i noticed the defenseman had a little bit of trouble moving the puck up ice and your team that's good off the four check there, if you can't move the puck up ice, you're going to have a lot of trouble. And I wonder how much of that is like Dominic Ducharme being able to see the game from a different perspective a bit and maybe making a little bit of an yeah. adjustment here or there because he's now not with the team. He's I think, like, we're, I think we're Bobby Hill in it. Over we're, we're reaching at, we're grabbing at straws now. Maybe. I don't know about that one. But one interesting thing you mentioned, Coop, you mentioned Brendan Gallagher. When you look at the expected goals for for Montreal, I guess this is, throughout the whole playoffs, but 
He's second on the team with 60.63%. Yeah, that's his line, right? I'm just saying him individually a little more would be. Oh, of course. But then, yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing, too. Putting the biscuit in the basket. Putting it in the net. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Exactly. Where have we heard that before? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Star player's got to score, right? Colorado. (laughs) 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 All right. Anything else uh, with this series? I think we. Does anyone think Montreal can pull it out? No. No? I don't want to. I think the big disadvantage for them, too, again, is that home ice for Vegas. It's just. It's tough. It'll be tough for them to win. That's oh, all. That place is bananas, that bar. Mm-hmm. You know, they did win one game there. They thought, did. Thought they got a little outplayed in that game, but still, it doesn't matter. You know, we'll see what happens. So it's a best of three series. What do we have? We have Vegas in two, Montreal in three, I think Vegas it, I, in three. I think it's going to probably go seven still, seven, if I had yeah. to guess, but I think Vegas yeah. will win. Unfortunately, I agree. I really don't want to. I really don't want to, but unfortunately, I agree. I hope for Vegas in six. Very true. Let's move on. Isles Tampa. I mean, we would have had a different tone if we started recording this before this game. But I mean, it is seven nothing right now. Um, I mean, the Isles pulled one out last game. That was awesome to see. The game before that, they outplayed Tampa Bay. In my opinion, like it's been a very close series, despite this just this one little absolutely hiccup. Absolutely. Any thoughts on this series so far? Well, it hopes any thoughts, but uh, it's it's going to be tough for New York to come back next yeah. game because I think we're gonna, we're, <laughs> we're past this game now, right? It's we're going to say that Tampa Bay won. Where there's 13 minutes left in the third, but the Tampa going up three two with a statement game like that, it's gonna be, it's going to be really tough for New York to come back. Um, this like this the the same issues that we pointed out with this team beforehand is kind of like play what's what's playing them now is they're not they're not getting goal support, they're not getting guys who their guys aren't scoring for them. I don't know how you're going to win games if you can't score goals. I'll say this. The Islanders, this is the best hockey they've played all playoffs. Um, that may be surprising to hear because they're down in the series now, and they won, you know, relatively not easily, but two. they weren't seven games, series, six games, and six games. They took care of business in those two series. This is by far the best they've played in the playoffs so far, in my opinion. I've watched as much of this as I can, as I ha- as I whatever, up Could to this stomach. point. It. They've they really do a good job of sticking to what got them to the dance, and you got to respect that. You know, Trotz again. Joey pointed this out at the beginning. They're down a goal. Who was out? <laughs> who's out there? You know, when they need a goal in the third, three minutes left. It's Matt Martin's line. It's like, I get that you like rolling your bench, but maybe that's the situation you shorten it. But again, it's gotten them here, and I have to respect the job that they've done in sticking to their guns and playing their brand of hockey. It's really hard to come back on them. I mean, Tampa almost did it in game four with that third period comeback with the crazy finish with that McDonough spinorama. But yeah, they're really good at holding leads and they're really good at like, they've done a great job at five on five at really suppressing the high danger chances for Tampa Bay. Even before this game, their penalty kill was terrific against Tampa's power play, which was unstoppable for most of the playoffs. That that's changed in this game a little bit. They've given up a couple power play goals. The game kind of got away from them early, though, to be fair. Right. So it, it'll I agree, it'll be tough to bounce back from this one. But I really think this is the best that their team has played all playoffs. For sure. I mean, I, I thought that um the end of we're in game five right now, right? Yep. So the game beginning of game four, end of game three, or middle mid to end of game three was the best hockey I've seen from them. Tampa Bay had no answer for them. Yep. The Isles were the offensive juggernauts in those games. The second half of game three, I'm trying to get my trying to keep my games in order. It's here. tough when Very you're talking tough. about a lot of them. Yeah. Um, the second half of game three, the shots were eighteen to ten in favor of the Isles. I mean, for a team that gets heavily outshot every game, pretty that's pretty impressive. impressive for the Islanders. There. Um, on top of that, I mean, the uh, the expected goals for in the second period for game four was 66.38 for the Isles at five on five there. And then, I mean, obviously the third period, you're playing defense right. there. So a little it's, different. It's going yeah. to skew the results like that. But, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I bet Tampa Bay game three, a little worrisome at the end there. And then from what I saw from the Islanders, going back, I mean, from what I saw in the Islanders, home ice advantage, which makes a huge difference. I bet the Islanders in game four. Didn't like what I, I, I liked what I saw from Tampa mid half of game five, four. 
I hammered the 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 lightning this in guy, this game. Is he touting three as not, games not his in picks? a row in this series? Don't Pretty ask good. me about the Vegas series, but <laughs> <laughs> but. So one thing I do want to point out is uh, Joe and I had a little golf weekend, played some golf, watched some hockey. Pretty much that's all we did. But watching the third period of that game four of Tampa and, I, and the Islanders, were like kind of like where's Stamkos been? He only played twelve minutes in that game. And he was dropped down from the top six when they were down, too, which is crazy. And I was talking to my cousins. They're a little younger, but they're like, okay, if you think you know, know it all, but what do you think Tampa has to do to get back in the series to win? Like, what's their weakness? And I said, Stamkos didn't play well, and they just need their big guys to score a little more right now. Again, everyone always talks about the depth in the playoffs, but at the end of the day, if your big guys perform, you're probably going to do okay. Tonight, Stamkos. Two goals and an assist. Kucherov, three points. Point, goal and an assist. Hedman, two points. Killorn, who I think you can throw in there, two goals and an assist. Those guys, in a game that mattered, right, at home, you, it's not a must-win until it's an elimination game, but this is a pretty important game. They stepped up, and credit to them. They really, especially Stamkos. I think he kind of hinted in the press conference after, or I think it was after morning skate today or after whatever, after the game yesterday, you know, that, that someone asked him if he's healthy, and he said, I'm healthy enough to play. That was his response. So we know he's dealt with injuries before. He was injured a little before the playoffs, too. Like, I'm sure he's a little banged up. He's not the type of guy to make excuses, though. And you know what? He didn't play well last game. And also, I got to give credit to these Tampa players. John Cooper has never, ever been shy to bench guys before. He's benched Kucherov before. He essentially benched, benched Stamkos last game. He benched him game one when he had that turnover. And look, he, they come back, and they play great. It's just, I really, really have a lot of respect for that coaching staff and for Steven Stamkos, and credit to him. But it's also, I mean, it's a testament to the Tampa Bay Lightning depth that they have, yeah. I feel. I was meant, like, I mentioned it off camera, but or off, off mic, but when you look at the, the depth, like, who'd they, who'd they promote when Stamkos got dropped down? Tyler Johnson, a $5 million former 60-point player. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he played Unreal, and he scored a goal. Right? Who else is playing very well in this game in particular? Yanni Gord, a $5.1 million third line player who has put up 60, 50, 60 points in the past there. These are depth guys yeah. that I just mentioned that making big cake yeah. that, are, that can put the puck in the net. Fast guys, pretty good at finishing as well. That's so a, yeah. Stamkos isn't point. playing well. Kucherov's play, not playing well. No problem. We got other guys that have scored in the past and can still do it. That's the other thing. When you talk about Tampa's depth, it helps when your depth is uh, $98 million instead of 80 yeah. like every other team. Right? You have Tyler Johnson, 5 mil on the fourth line. You know, whatever. Good credits to them for keeping all those guys. But I think you're seeing that tonight. It's like their roster. They have by far the most talented roster in the league. It's a $98 million roster. It's great. But even let's say you take away a player like Stamkos. We saw it last year. They won the cup. Like, this is a super, super team, basically, right now. Right. I don't want to jinx them. Like, not that it matters. But they're really great, top to bottom. And, again, like, their depth, quote-unquote, is, like, stud players, really. So, credit to them. And they really showed out tonight. I, I It's going to be hard for the Isles to bounce back from this. I know they're going back to the Cauley, back to oh, Borelli's, the – the atmosphere is crazy. Like credit to the Isles fans too. These guys, these are real diehard fans. Like they love that team. They love that stadium too. So they're not going to go down without a fight, but I, I really think this might be, I feel like they're the type of people. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> I think, I feel like they've, they've become more passionate about the team. The more that people say, yeah, this team sucks. sucks. They're yeah, washed. Yeah, Jason, you had a point. So what, what do you guys think is going to be who, who starts a net for New York Islanders game six? So I was thinking about this, actually. I was going to bring it up. I want to hear what you say. Barlamov. Yeah. Okay. Barlamov, yeah. He, he, Especially because. He's, like, he's not the reason he got, that, that he got pulled. Yeah. You yeah. have to do a little momentum swinger. And it works. It has worked in the past. Unfortunately, it hasn't worked here because Tampa's just, they're curb stomping them at yeah. this point here. But. Varlamov, I mean, like the goals were so shit. I mean, the first one, Stamkos' goal, uh, takes a shot off Pelic's leg. Bounce. Perfect bounce right yeah. to Stamkos, wide open net. Uh, another one giveaway by the Islanders at the blue line. Yanni Gord walks in. Another little weird bounce between the wickets. And then 
I can't remember what the the other one was that got him pulled, but like it was like a, a crash goal to the net. Kalorn scored. It kind of like bounced oh, through the yeah. bodies and went in. It, like there you go. There's three yeah. goals where it's just the puck is pinballing around. Like you can't fault Varlamov for yeah. any of these. It doesn't help that the Islanders really only had one good sequence that resulted in like zero shots on net. Yeah, so. honestly, they got smoked. Smoked in the first <laughs> period. Smoked in the second. Like they really, like they got smoked. It happens, and they've been playing well, but it was. All Tampa from the puck drop tonight. Oh, yeah. I, one, I, I agree, though. I think Varlamov's going back, and I think that probably would have been the decision. Unless Sorokin pitched a shutout the rest of the game and they came back, that would be the only situation. That I would make it a difficult decision. Right. I think, they, I think it was more like, okay, get you out of here. Don't, don't embarrass Save your goalie. Almost, yeah, yeah. Not even that. I don't even think it was like, oh, don't embarrass the goal. I think it was more so like, hey, guys, wake up. Yeah. And they did not. They did no. not. But Stays. I thought it was interesting. Shots were 30-30. I need to look up what they were throughout the game on Saturday there. But the one thing that we were talking about watching that game was the fact that the Islanders shots didn't quite match up to the chances of the puck possession that they were getting. They were cycling the puck very well. Tampa was having a lot of trouble keeping up with them offensively, believe it or not. But like, I thought that was, if, if you go back and you're trying to look through and go, Oh, like the shots were equal. You, you got to watch the gameplay yeah, on that yeah. one. That's one thing that I wanted to bring up that I thought was a little bit interesting about the Isles game. I, another thing I want to bring up quickly, quickly, quickly is Eric Cernak got hurt last game, like kind of underrated, important oh. part of their top four. Here comes uh, David Savard, deadline acquisition, like we talked about again, filling right in perfectly. He's got two assists tonight. Like, Who drew into That's how it's done. That's L- Luke Shen. Shen. Oh, they have the legend. Luke Shen. And then Jan Ruta is doing his thing yeah, out he's there playing. too. Yeah. Luke Shen, they got into a fight. I should have. I <laughs> forgot. I, I, don't, I can't even notice when he's in and out of the lineup. That guy's just dust. But Stanley Cup champion, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot more than what most people can say. Um, all right. I have so three-two Tampa Bay. Probably. I mean, seven nothing. Zero percent chances. Yeah, let's come back from this one. Um, what do you think happens if you were to predict crystal ball? What happens game six? Isles Tampa. Give me a little game flow. What's I going don't want to jinx it though. That's the only thing. <laughs> Manifest. Like, it. I definitely think the Islanders are going to come out hot, home barn. Like, it's just it's tough to bounce back from this game. Again, it's going to be a lot up to the the group they got in the room, all the all the intangible stuff like their coaching. But I, it's just at at some point like. The skill and the depth and the talent, top end talent, bottom end talent, everything of Tampa. The goalie, we haven't talked about the goalie. Like, it, it just pu- seems to pull through, and I, I just think they're gonna, they're gonna win. They are. Yeah, I, I, I think Tampa is gonna win. What are you game. chuckling at? No, that was just a crazy play right yeah, now. As you're talking about how good I their know, offense is, it's literally seven, undressing it's the entire nothing. team. <laughs> like, let's see. Like live commentary the puck, point like. goes wide. Oh, poor Noah Dobson. He's not the offensive. He flubbed the pass, and it was still a decent oh, pass yeah. to Palat, and then Palat tips it on net there. It's crazy. I don't know. Palat, we don't talk about Palat. Like, he's a legit top six winner. We don't, there's so many guys. With, I, Tony from the bridge. Bar- what about Barkley Goudreau, Blake Coleman? They're loaded. They're loaded. They're loaded. But, I mean, we don't talk. We talk. We touch on Braden Point, but we don't talk about what a playoff performer this guy is. Yeah, he's been he great. He shows Good up. for him. Every single It's going to be an integral part of Team Canada in the Olympics in February, I think. Oh, I agree. Oh, yeah, and coming up next year, he's going to uh, – not next year, but the year after next year, he's going to hopefully de- demand a lot of money. I mean, I, I could see him. He, I mean, he's going to get he, a lot of money. He should get a lot of money. Because uh, if he's not, then – oh, my God, Luke Shen scored. <laughs> Luke Shen has just scored. This is uh, this is now getting a little embarrassing. I, I feel like they just want to get off the ice. Now. Absolutely. Like, like, why, nice why doesn't the ref run the clock here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like run the clock here, not, <laughs> not on the second. It's tough to bounce back from <laughs> an Poor Ilya loss. Sorokin. He's got to <laughs> sit through this. Dude, Luke Shen just scored on you. When was the last time Luke Shen scored a goal? Oh, oh my, god. my god! The double bounce. The double bounce. Couldn't off stop Pulak. that one, eh? Couldn't stop that one. That's just poetic justice. After Ryan Pulak saves the game in Game Four. Was it game four? Yeah. Game four, Saves yeah. the game in game four. Gives he a gift. Gives a gift to Luke Shen there. Okay. Taps one so eight We're nothing. Off, How do you come back? Tell me. Eight nothing. Is there any road for the Islanders to come back and win these next two games? I just feel like 
the home. I feel like the first two shifts are going to be very telling of the game. If they're a or first two shifts, sorry, first two shifts, and then the last period. What I've kind of noticed with the home barns and everything is that the later parts of the game is where you see the advantage, I feel like. Like, everyone thinks, oh, the home barns are juiced. It's the first five minutes. I haven't really seen that. I've seen a, a lot of the advantage come when it's a tight game, and then in the latter half of the game, it kind of blows open more. So my big thing would be for the Isles, yeah, you juice the crowd, you juice the players in the first couple of shifts of the game, but then in the latter half of the game, if it's close, Tampa's going to be in tough. So It'll early be interesting. and often. These so next two games will be very there. interesting because I think if I had to just get the pulse of the average hockey fan, I think people would love to see Tampa and Vegas in the final. I think that would be, again, a perfect – it would be like almost like Avs Vegas turned up a bit because I think Tampa has shown there maybe a little mm-hmm. bit ahead of what Colorado has been, especially in the playoffs. So. And I think they definitely match up better because the, obviously they're more skilled, but they do match up better with uh, Vegas than uh, yeah, absolutely. Colorado does, I think. Depth-wise, for sure, yeah. especially yeah. no yeah. Kadri considering. Yeah. So what do you think, Jason? Any chance? No, nah, I, I, think, I think Tampa Bay closes it out in New York okay. next game. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. It's gonna be a we'll squeezer. Uh, we'll have a cup preview, maybe on a not on. A, it won't come out on a Monday if if the Stanley Cup yeah. final, let's say, ends up starting this Saturday, for example. I think we'll, we'll, have we'll do on. Yeah. We'll get something out. Sure. But I just cl- I wanted to click into something and I'm now lost here. But yeah, I'm going. I'm going Tampa Bay game six as well. It's been fun. Islanders Montreal, but let's move on. I want the real Stanley Cup final. I mean. Show ESPN why they invested so much money. And then two, also two great crowds, too, lately. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's the two biggest diehard markets, obviously, but the Tampa's crowd the last, electric. last really, low-key, the last decade's been pretty yeah. good. Oh, yeah. They've like, been great. Even that final against Chicago, it's, it, they got a good local fan base there, and obviously Vegas has been a madhouse. Since it was, I, it's since they went on that run and they lost to – Boston in the Eastern Conference yeah. Final, I think in 2011. Yeah. I've noticed just their fan, the fans there have just, they've just grown their fandom so much since then. They've done really good job. Because they, they, they came Steve around Rock. early 2000s. Obviously, that was a quick mm-hmm. cup from the expansion on. They kind of were a little bad at it, but when they got Stamkos, they did a really good job like hyping yeah. like him, as, and he's been great for them, yeah. obviously, as like the yeah, new easy. stud. It's yeah. easy to market your team when they're winning. Like Absolutely. <laughs> not bad, not bad. All right. Any other. Closing notes. We'll do some rat race. Do you want to talk about the awards at all or not really? Oh, yes. I touched on them a yes. bit, yeah, yeah. but I just... No, we need to. GM of, GM of the year, coach of the year, both got announced. Lady Bing, as we mentioned. We're not going to go into that one. But I think GM of the year, coach of the year, we wanted to talk about. Jason, you had some strong feelings yeah, about so the GM of the year. First of all, this was pointed out. I did, I did not know this until this year, but Jay Fresh on Twitter pointed out that GM of the year is voted on. After the second, uh, while the second round of the, I believe no, it was after the second round of the playoffs had finished. So usually with these awards, for those who don't know, it's it, the the writers vote at the end of the the regular season because they're mostly regular season awards. But for some reason, GM of the year was voted for halfway through the playoffs, and there's just so much ridiculous amount of hindsight into it. It it just blow it boggles my mind. It hurts my brain. So one of the nominees. The, who are who are the three nominees? I, I believe it was the Wild GM. Uh, for no, no, it wasn't. It was Bill Zito. Bill Zito of Florida GM. Florida. Uh, it was uh, Mark Bergevin for Montreal. Who, honestly, I'm okay with. A lot of people were were, were calling for his head in, in in the first round of the playoffs, but now he's voted for as GM of the year. The third one was Lou Lamorello. The reason why I'm so frustrated about Lou Lamoureux being nominated for GM of the Year is what moves has he made this year to be nominated for GM of the Year? Congratulations, Sorokin signed with you, who you had his rights for like years ago. So uh, uh, other than that, like he, they, the only player they acquired was uh, Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac at the trade deadline. Arguably, that is outweighed by him trading away Devin Taves in the off, like before the season starts. That is a good point. He brought in zero zero players in free agency. He he literally did nothing. He did nothing, and he somehow gets. Not, I know these awards don't really mean much, but I just I just am so bothered by like why why would why are we voting for him for that? It just doesn't make sense to me. I thought it was funny. Someone on Twitter was like, "What has Bill Zito done?" I'm like. 
What has he done? <laughs> he restructured <laughs> the whole team. He's been really. <laughs> I have first year too. I have a pretty obvious vote for GM of the year. Yeah. Tampa Bay kept all their players. Yeah. Yeah. yeah End of story. They're eighteen million dollars over the cap in the playoffs. Even Vegas. Like that Vegas is the GM so of the year, guys. They ca- they're eighteen million over the cap playing in the freaking conference final. What? That is the GM of the year. I'm sorry. And I know they're out, but like Brad Pridham this year went to war. Oh yeah, I know. Like it's unfortunate that they're out, but like he did some he did some great things. I thought like the the Riley Nash trade. The main part was to get cap compliant. Yeah. They traded for a guy that like might not even have ever played for them, just so they can use him for cap space to build the team a little bit better. So I thought like. But they don't care about that. They yeah, care they about. I, I mean, said, whatever yeah. teams made it, like Mark Bergevin. I'm sorry. Again, this is. I think Mark Bergevin. He's a pretty big guy who's going to beat up all the writers. If they, <laughs> he was. He was literally a Alex Galchenyuk turnover away from being fired yes. within the next. Yep. W- like now, he would be fired. Yes. Yeah. They they were had enough. They had enough. And now, isn't it quite interesting that Bergevin and Lula Morella were dogged in the first two rounds? And or sorry, was. No, Montreal was dogged against Winnipeg for some for whatever reason, and they both advanced, and they are both now nominated. Yeah, yeah no, it's interesting. I mean, but, that but fought, the Lady that Bing, Josh, we got to change that. The yeah, Lady yeah, Bing, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm sure Josh Anderson was a great contract. <laughs> <laughs> Who won Fine. that trade, Josh Anderson for Max Domi? I think like nobody. I think Columbus no one, yeah. made the rare two trades in one year that nobody won any of them. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> for real. I mean, well, think about it. Like COVID. The players aren't allowed to go anywhere. You're in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> like, that's bad enough, isn't it? And you can't even go out. Like, because that kind of sucks. But, anywho, if you look at Columbus, a lot of guys had off years, too. Yeah. Goalies yeah, weren't team. as good as they usually were, yeah. as they oh, were the yeah. year before, which is like a regression, obvious regression. Seth Jones wasn't as good. Max Domi wasn't as good. Like, Patrick Line. Patrick Line. Well, I wonder if has something a, to do with the guy behind the bench. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Is he, is he fired? Has he been fired? He's gone, okay, good. They, they hired the uh, what's well, his name? Fight night. Oh, we got some tilts, eh? We got some tilts. But yeah, you're right. I mean, these nominees were so strange. I mean, what about the Wild? The Wild took Vegas. I mean, the, yeah, the Wild took Vegas to seven. Yeah. And it looked very dangerous yeah. this year. They reconstructed their team a little bit. Look at the goaltending that they had last year. Alex Stalock and Devin Dubnik. Those Rough. guys suck. Cam Talbot and then uh, Kakinen as well. Great. They were awesome yep. this year. And then on top of that, um, I mean, you bring in Kaprizov. That's pretty obvious one. But, like, Fel- I don't know. Jo- sorry, Johan- they brought in Johansson, right? Not, not Foligno. Johansson. Yeah. It, well, jo- Johansson in the offseason, yeah. yes, uh, yeah. for Eric Stahl. That yeah. little trade there. Um, I don't know who else they made there, though. But, yeah. anyways, I thought and he ne- would have been a good pick there. Uh, and then, yeah, as Josh mentioned, Vegas, Tampa, like, you had some pretty obvious ones, but you went with Lou Lamorello yeah. again. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, I'm just, uh, it's hilarious that people, like, the amount of credit they give Lou Lamorello for this yeah. team when he literally did not, he honestly they did not. announced the winner yet? No, they haven't announced, but, like, a lot of people it are has giving. to be Bill Zito. Yeah, it, 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 it better be, be it better be, I'm sorry. But, Put like. together a competing team, I mean. Ducla- I think it was four and a half million dollars. Carter total. Verhage. Total yeah. four and a half million total between Verhage, uh, the guy they got from Columbus that was on a buyout. I can't remember his name. Uh, the center. Wenberg. In, Wenberg. Verhage, Wenberg, Duclair, great. four and a half Three million dollars. Players. Yeah, and and they also had uh, their top. And Sam Bennett. Top defenseman injured for half of the year, and they were well. able to make the playoffs. Ekblad, yeah. Well, Ekblad's a massive def- like. Ekblad's a massive piece. They still came second in their division yeah. there. Yeah, they also grabbed Hornquist too. He was yeah. great for them. This was a great trade for yeah. Matheson. They did great. They, they really swung did. him for Matheson. Yeah. They got those are four like middle six forwards that I mean, not to bring it back to the least, but like if they have one of those four guys, probably makes a difference this they year. They had oh, one yeah. of those guys. Who? Verhage. Oh, a third round. Oh, pick. that was he was gone. He was gone in the Marion Gabriel trade. He was an Islander. Or not Gabriel. Sorry, um, Grabner. 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 Michael Grabner trade. Yeah. That was the that was. The yeah. guy we gave up. Uh, but, yeah, can we just stop the narrative that Lou Lamorell is the reason why the New York Islanders were good? I just want to get rid he of did that. Hire, he did hire the coach. You got to give him that. I'll give him yeah. I'll give him that one. But other than that, he hasn't really done much. Sorry. I don't know. A lot of contracts were there already. Traded for Pejo. Yeah. 
That was not bad. So he just traded for Pajot and traded for Kyle Palmieri. Those are the only two trades he's made. Gave up a lot for those guys. He did not make any sign notable signings. He traded away arguably his their one of their better defensemen. Definitely one of their yep. better defensemen. Um, and he, yeah, whatever. He implemented the no beards rule. And they're in the third round. They're the third round. They're in the third so. round. There what do go. I know? It, these rewards are not thought of with much nuance, I think, yeah. which is fine. It's just no. So. Yeah. No. Um. Uh, anywho, rat race. Mm. You ready? Mm-hmm. Got a couple decent ones here. Um. First off, I wrote this before this game for a nice little chuckle. Steven Stamkos has been disappointing in these but playoffs. But this is like overall. a classic Joe Piz jinx. This is you do this all the time and you did it again. You did it again. True or false? This is a exactly no, it's classic. All the time. I'm gonna say no. I think he's had a bad he had had a bad series so far. I thought he was really good against Florida. So and obviously tonight kind of clouds the judgment. So I'm gonna say no, he has not been a disappointment. All right. I before I, I wrote that down and then I looked up like how well he played against Carolina, how well he played against Florida there. But I was like, will these four games kind of cloud this? And he stuck it to me, <laughs> to say the least. He was awesome. He had two he goals before even the end of the second period. So not bad, kid. Um, yeah, that was kind of a joke one, but no, yeah, he's he's been good. He's been good. It's been obvious. point per game this year. Or this now more than point for now more than point for yes stay hot Joe Brady Kachuk extension will be more than two years ooh give me you go Jason it'll be more than two years yes yeah. I think it will be I think it'll be three years that sweet spot that everyone or maybe may, honestly maybe they give him a, a seven year seven eight it's tough because can I do an extended rat race here for a sec uh, he's in that weird sweet spot where like. We're pretty sure he's a good player, but he's never produced as a, as like a yes top no. player. I, I'm going to say yes. I think he's going to get a long-term deal. I think there's going to be more long-term deals than we expect this yeah. year. I'm expecting a lot of bridge deals. I'm saying no. I think his agent is going to fight tooth and nail to get him that bridge deal. Just like what happened with his brother, right? The cap for these TV deals doesn't kick in quite I yet. I know. We said that he about Kale McCarr. The he's finishing percentage is going to go hot one year, right? But I'm thinking Ottawa might just give him a big deal now. Anyway, yeah, they're they going to try to do similar to what Shabbat did, but I think he's going to say no. He should take that. He, I, yeah. he should take that. Should eight, take that. Eight, eight, eight to nine so million over eight years. He should take that's that. That's the follow up. Brady Kachuk extension will have an AAV over six mil. Yeah, yeah. If it's over two, yes. If it's over two, yeah. I was listening to Wally Mathot. They were saying you have to pay to keep these players in Ottawa because, like, you do that big he's of a right. market. So, yeah. um, I'm going to say. No, simply because I think he's going to base off my other answer. I think he's going to take that bridge. I think it's going to be around six. Here's the thing that we think we we think the bridge, but there's some players that don't want to be bridge. They just want the money. They think I like we talked about the bridge, how it made perfect sense for Kale McCarr and the abs. It doesn't seem like that's the way it's going. He's looking for 12. Apparently, Uh that's the thing. When you're that good, I'm sorry, you can pull that leverage card. So honestly. And, he's, and I think to Chuck, because of the situation that the Sens are in where they have a ton of cap space, right, it's going gonna, it's gonna to f- disappear very quickly for them. They, I don't know if oh, they yeah. realize that with the amount of guys they're going to have to sign, even to like the odd three mil, four mil deal. Yep. I think he's going to say, I've been good. I, like, I'm been your leader on this team. I'm the leader. I'm your next star. Like, the give, juice. Me, give me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. All right. Um, my last question. James Myrtle announced this this week. Zach Hyman will not be back with the Maple Leafs. So unfortunate, but my last rat race question, or second last rat race question, Zach Hyman's contract will be worth more than $27.5 million total. A resounding 100% yes. He is going to get paid. I think it'll be somewhere in the 30, whether that's 5 by 6 6 by 5 5 He's going to get paid. I think it's going to be Edmonton, too. I've said that a couple times already. I really think it's going to be Edmonton. Jason? Yeah, I think he is, and I don't think he'll deserve it. Oh. No, no. Oh. You don't think he'll live up to it? I don't think he'll live up to it. I, I think that, that'll be like a contract yeah. that ages like milk in the hot Arizona sun. Yeah. The sneaky thing is he's kind of old. He's not he's, a 27 yeah, free agent. He's 29. 29. Yeah, I think so. he's going to get right around 31 mil. 
I mean, if I were to set an over under, it'd be 30 and a half. But the yes. one thing that may change that is that there's a lot of good wingers on the market. Yeah. But I think he's the type of player that's the media has talked him up, talked yeah. him up like yeah. crazy. It's going to yeah. be, I, I hope it's not for, I hope he's great for whatever team he goes to. Reminds me a lot of David Clarkson, David Backus, David Ball, not the three, the, the three, three Davids, Davids, but it's just very similar. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And the funny thing is when you look at all those contracts where it's like 8% of the cap, I think it was those grinder type players. Rough. Man. Didn't quite work out. Milan Lucic, David Clarkson, as you mentioned, David Boland, like, oof. Um, my last question was, will Flurry be on Vegas next season? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no as well, just because ca- I don't know how they make that work with the cap space. Like, he just. He, I, I think that the, after his performance overall this year, he is not as much of a, like, burden giveaway yeah. player anymore, yeah. where they, yeah. they were trying to give him away with a mm-hmm. second, like you said. I think this year, they even if they have to retain for one year, realistically, like, yeah, they'll do it. It's not going to kill them. They mm-hmm. might actually get a pick back for that yeah i think they'll get someone decent that's yeah. really looking for a goaltender maybe a little edmonton, edmonton action yeah edmonton they're looking for a goaltender i hear maybe may, oh i i just thought of one i don't even want to throw it out there what about a little you know the window's ending for this team so let's bring them back to pittsburgh for a year oh how about that that's an I interesting one happen, i know but i just popped crazy. into my mind they don't feel comfortable with their goaltender goaltending situation at all not at so. all what about the Flyers? No, it's Carter Hart. Uh, one year. One year, though. Oh, yeah. One year, bring them back. Tandem, little tandem style. Not too, too. I, I think they've, they have some cap issues, though. They're, they do. My they thing, do. I'm uh, saying no. Smokes, I just do. don't know how. Unless the, like, the, like, I don't know how they got away with the cap issues this year. But I'm just saying they, they yeah, well, to quote Jesse Pinkman, they can't keep getting away yeah, with yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> right? Um, we put this question on the stories here. We got a couple good responses here. Mark Patero, frequent, frequent, frequenter of the podcast, said, "Leafs." <laughs> I don't. I mean, we got our own cap issues. I don't <laughs> know about that one. Um, M Capro nine said no. Daniel Tiller said yes. Um, skipping that one. Ian Boone said yes. And then someone George underscore B underscore thirty three had the most interesting take. They don't have any other good goalies. Mm. Oh. Is he talking about Vegas? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Leonard wasn't good statistically this year. Maybe that's what he's referring to. It's okay. To. I mean, he was like a 9 how many, team, wasn't how he? How many games did he play? He's, he split. He I was not bad. 19. I don't think he was really that bad. He's, he's a trying, good goalie overall. Th- he's an 877 this year. No, that's in the playoffs. He's a 913. Yeah, you're just go. trying to throw Buddy a ball. <laughs> <laughs> but like, thanks for responding. Yeah, we, Thank you, everyone, for writing it, in there. Uh, I keep forgetting to throw those up there. Yeah, 913. That's not bad at all. Also, if you're wondering, we slightly touching on some offseason stuff. There's going to be so we're excited to talk of, about that too. Like it's a, it'll be common. There's the expansion is going to be crazy. Every week there's something that makes you think, "Wow, this is going to be wild." What? <laughs> we have breaking news. McDavid golf pulpit today walked and carried his bag. Wow. They recommend you walk too. <laughs> LOL. Wow. Thanks, what a Julian guy. Piero. <laughs> McDavid. Grinder walking the court, carrying the bag, no push card. He didn't work hard what enough in the playoffs. What do, how would I he compare know. it to like the Piro Chet match? Would he be like right in there? Or is he a stick? Like, I, I don't know. know. He's probably a stick. He's an athlete. Yeah. So those two guys aren't athletes? No comment. Piro's an athlete. Absolutely. Let's go, so Piro. Let's go um, thanks, everyone. I've, that's all I've got for today. I think we've gone through everything here. Tell everyone about the show. More people that listen, the more cool stuff we're gonna be able to do. And, and yeah, just let us know what you guys want to see slash hear. Like, if you guys want to he- see like an expansion draft, mock draft, we can do a so podcast. Maybe some YouTube, some we maybe can do some s- Twitch if you want. Yeah, I don't we know. could do like live shows. Spotify Green Room is the new new yeah. thing for uh, podcasting. That That's uh, live live podcasting. It's pretty interesting. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that if 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 the Stanley Cup goes to think. Game Seven. Yes. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. Prospect show. Who knows? Welcome. As Josh once said, unsolicited DMs are always please, welcome. Please send our way. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Go, Lisco.